0: Well, there is absolutely nothing like rolling in and feeling all kinds of combative, which is what I feel this morning. The GS Plumbing Talk line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. I'm going to tell you why I feel so combative. Right now, you got a bunch of pencil necks, or maybe they've flown home if if their uh, planes were not frozen to the tarmac at uh, Munich with all that global warming. You got a bunch of pencil necks like John Fastboat Fraud Carey that is out there. You know, he got out there the other day when he's giving his talk, and he broke wind, which means he should be banned. All that methane coming out of that, you know, decidedly, I've always thought it sad when you look at a guy wearing a, a suit and you look at it at the seat of his pants and it's not, there's nothing in it. But you can break wind with it. I know, that's a weird digression. You see, there's this book out. There's this book out. And it completely dispels everything the climate alarmists have out there. And what they're doing is going, if they're successful on any continent with any country it's going to cause death they're pretending that the world is going to end in 2031 which uh, there's nothing we could possibly do in the next eight years or less than that seven years that would possibly make a difference and they haven't told me what day on 2031 it's going to end so i can plan my schedule But John Casey put out this book called Dark Winter, How the Sun is Causing a 30-Year Cold Spell. See, the climate is changing. But the reason there has been a slight uptick in temperature since certain times, and we're going to get to that in just a second because I brought the receipts on that one too, is we came out of an ice age. And there's gradual increases in temperature. Now, according to Casey, the sun is going to go into a hibernation of sorts for the next 30 years. Nobody's—have you, you, you heard that? Have you heard that anywhere in the mainstream media? Well, no, you haven't because there's still manufacturing stories about how this is going to be a big ball of fire. And we had, you know, the little ice age, that ended in 1850. But for them, the warming, which is actually life-giving— versus life taking, is a catastrophe of epic proportion. This Thanksgiving was a little cooler than it was last year, wasn't it? Right now, it's a little cooler this year than it normally is, right? If you were to go look for record lows, if you do a search for record lows in November 2023 on the web, that's scrubbed. If you're looking for, uh, if you say something about low temperatures, you're going to get a some links to the best cooling system for your home. Because all that's been scrubbed. There is no reference within the Googles to uh, tell you what the record lows are around the United States. But there's this piece, this 2019 piece from the Science Times, that argued that the climate is actually cooling and the global temperatures will continue to decline for another two decades or more let's see 2019 two decades 2029 2039 aha uh-huh. so we go beyond 2031 with this one but here's the thing and this is the thing that the actual climate scientists this is how you can tell an actual climate scientist from a from a uh, from a charlatan um they don't know how cold this is going to get See, they named these cold spells. We've actually seen these things. So we had the fairly recent Dalton minimum from 1790 to 1830 and the Maunder minimum of the early 17th century. And this lowered agricultural production and brought hunger and suffering. While we're killing farms right now, while we're out there trying to take away farmland, while we're trying to bulldoze trees and make solar farms, and we're out there doing all of this stuff, and we're actually going in a way which will actually genuinely cause starvation. Now, it may not cause that in a developed nation, but it will be in poor nations. And climate alarmists are just making things worse because nobody out there is saying to themselves, we need to plan for cooler weather. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jimmy from Easley. Jimmy from Easley. What can I do for you, sir? Jimmy? Jim? Hello? Going once, going twice, gone. If if you're out there, Jimmy, and something happened, call me back. (laughs) We have made enormous gains in food production. Indeed, the world is a modern marvel over the past 30 years. And this has all been due to the warming temperatures. This has been due to opening up formerly frozen land in the northern temperate zone. And that is, uh, that's going to become a problem. And there will there could be a, you know, as the temperatures fall and the production drops off, there would be a bidding war for the food. And for those at the bottom, that means they simply starve. Okay, what, what we got Jimmy back? Yeah, Jimmy wants to try again. Okay, Jimmy, let's try again. What can I do for you, sir?
1: Yes, sir. It's talk about the ice age back in the 1800s. Yeah. In 1776, George Washington's original painting was crossing the Delaware, they were using the oars to break the ice off the Delaware River. Right. So yeah. that's was really cold because the Delaware was huge.
0: Yep. It was a different time in those t- days. But you're right. The you're Delaware, absolutely right. I don't think the Delaware River uh, freezes anymore, does it?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, my God, it's well, global Alex warming, worries. Jimmy. We're all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to
1: die. was well, Alex Jones and Elon Musk, they want to challenge these globalists and these climate changers to a debate on their Twitter spaces. I heard an hour and 30 minutes of the top Laura Loomers and Mark Dices discussing this. They don't want to come on and discuss it. They're going to lose.
0: Oh, no. Well, they, 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 none of their stuff is based on fact. it's hard to have a debate when your logic is based on on lies so anyway listen let me jump jimmy thanks for calling back i do appreciate that right now um there's not a lot that's being done to prepare for anything like this and we have raised our federal debt to 34 trillion dollars And the interest in the debt alone is going to make it to where we're not going to be able to respond to a food crisis. That's why we should be trying to restrict spending, Speaker Johnson. And even an affluent country like us, we could see bread lines and soup lines. The upper atmosphere right now is some 14 degrees colder below what is considered normal. And if you want to know when it got really hot, we know when it got really hot. Like in New York, the highest temperature ever recorded was 106 on July the 9th, 1936. St. Louis, July the 14th, 1954. The highest ever for Dallas was uh, 115 on August 18th, 1909. For LA, it was 110 on September 26, 1963. And none of that resulted from global warming. And the... The recent record cold temperatures we're seeing around the world, where the and the you know where the fake stream and the and the government are refusing to the report, uh, I would have to say John and Al that the science is far from being settled, and uh, if the media could get their head out of their you know they they've stuck their head somewhere where it didn't need to go. And they sort of look like a media-shaped teacup at the moment, teacup handle. But that's all beside the point. If they would get out there and report the truth instead of these bizarre theories, you would see some people beginning to prepare for this. The last few years have been cold, and it's going to get colder. And uh, we need to have the truth out there so people can prepare. And uh, the only thing that makes me mad about this is that they're doing everything they can to choke off our supply lines. You know, they want to have electric trucks, which it would take an electric truck 40 times as long to do cross-country or 10 times as long or whatever it is. it is. It, it doesn't need to be that way. I've got plans for the inauguration day of 2025. Those I will share with you shortly. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Sometimes we get roped in by terminologies that we embrace. We'll get to that in just a second. Let's go to the phones. Robert in Greenville. Yes, sir. What can I do for you?
1: Hey, Brother Bill. Yes, sir. I wanted to weigh in. First of all, I'm curious about what kind of song you may be singing on the pulse. Is it We Three Kings or a Grandmother Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Well,
0: Which one? so what do they tell you? What do they, what do they say?
1: They they won't say that. Um, I guess it's supposed to be a surprise.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, so let, let's just put it well, this way. Okay, let's just did imagine. I, it let's, did I get it right? It is supposed to be a surprise. It is. It is a surprise. And it, yeah. Well, and,
1: no, uh, you didn't get it right. Well, but don't worry about it. it. You're going to enjoy it.
0: You're going to have a good time. <laughs> You're going to have a good time with it. And I well, hope you enjoy it. I mean, well, it's. We'll a, have to see. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean. Uh, y- y- have you heard it? Did you Did you hear it? <laughs> I, I did. Hear I, it. I, I haven't heard the finished product yet. I did hear it. You've heard the finished product. Uh, How come you've heard it and I haven't heard it?
1: No, I haven't heard the finished the one, but I heard the uh,
0: huh the draft. Yeah. Okay. Say so what, Robert? Okay.
1: And um, the second point is the media really is going overblown with this uh, Linsky meeting at the White House. It disgusts me, Bill. This guy. They put in Zelensky as a puppet president in 2014 under the Obama administration, and they're making a big deal like it's a world-class leader by a real president. This is a dictator calling his swindling buddy over, and they're making it out to be like some grand deal that Zelensky's coming over. You don't it, expect him to tell God you the truth, do you, it, Robert? Sir. Do you expect
0: him to tell the truth? Okay, my money laundering uh, dude is coming over here. This is—he's uh, like my, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's just saw. like my banker that you saw in Scarface <laughs> when they're taking in all the duffel bags of money. This is my guy. Zelensky is yeah, my guy.
1: Into the bank. Yeah, they're not—they're not, not going to tell well, you that. They got them in suitcases, yeah. and you can see the bills sticking out of the suitcase. You, you, you're not—you're not, you're not going to hear yeah, them say that. I that's mean, exactly what it is.
0: They've got to make—they've got to make this—they've got to make this a thing in order for the for it to be the money hole now johnson is tied
1: we need to tear him apart is what i'm saying bill well we need to rip this clown
0: well we don't need to do anything we don't need to do anything except just let him fight his war that's what we need to do let's stop sending him stuff let's stop let's stop sending him money and just let him fight his war okay easy peasy
1: i want him called out every time he does something third world i want that dictator exposed they make fun of Donald Trump all the time, man.
0: Well, but, but I mean, listen, Donald
1: Trump was a good president. Sure. But I mean,
0: just remember this. Remember this about the media. OK, you can tell their line every time their face moves. So, I mean, <laughs> don't worry too much about what they say about him. Don't get too don't get too ground up about what they oh, don't say about, about Zelensky and yeah. just sit back and know what you know. Oh man! It's good to it know makes, what you know.
1: Makes my stomach turn. Well, I, I'm more American than that third. You just, world you just need to, white? you just need
0: to calm it down. Listen, me. listen. I know. Like, a, let me give you another hint about me and Super Dave. If somebody's on the other side of me and Super Dave, and we, uh, we know we're going to face yeah. them in armed combat, we're not getting excited about it. We're looking at them with a very cold reserve, and we're going to be just very uh, matter of fact, all fact all about right.
1: it. That sounds great. Yeah. So just be, just <laughs> ice up Super on Dave, me there. Just
0: ice up on them. And thank you for the
1: call. You don't hear
0: you. I, 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 did, uh, I thought you were done, Robert. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Anyway, on inauguration 2025, the new president should denounce the 1967 United Nations Protocol on Refugees as we start to shut down the border. A refugee is a non-citizen outside of her home country, his, his, or hers, who seeks permission to resettle lawfully in the United States or another safe country. An asylum or asylum applicant is a non-citizen already in the United States. Today, most asylum applicants enter the United States illegally, then allege persecution in their home countries to thwart the U.S. deportation proceeding. Now, after, after World War II, They were trying to settle things and try to figure out what they were going to do because you had, we we adopted a refugee treaty for European victims of Nazi and Soviet persecution. And a 1967 amendment to the treaty extended its protections worldwide. And Lyndon Johnson agreed to the amendment known as the 1967 protocol. And in 1968, the Senate consented. And uh, to implement the 1967 protocol, Congress and President Jimmy Carter approved a 1980 statute called the Refugee Act. And hundreds of thousands of people have used this to thwart deportation from the U.S. after violating our border or overstaying an otherwise lawful entry. And this has become a powerful magnet for a job-seeking migrant. Although probably not persecuted at home, abuse the asylum process to get a foothold here and get a work permit. So, non-return is the centerpiece of this, which means once they get in, once they if they if they gain refugee status, they're just sitting here. They are here, and uh, well, today the border patrol is forbidden from immediately removing any non-citizen border or status violator, even those who have been previously deported who claims to fear return to their home country or Mexico. And human traffickers know this. They are fast learners. So the claims of fear to thwart deportation are routine, no matter how implausible they may be. So with a simple claim of fear and despite no likelihood of receiving asylum, The violator is allowed to be in the U.S., often with family in tow, handed a work permit, and becomes perpetually here. And this is madness. And Congress has failed to act on this. Title 42 is inadequate. And the 1967 protocol has outlived its usefulness now. It is is time for it to be gone. So... The president's denunciation authority reaches treaties like this, this one, for which Congress has enacted accompanying domestic legislation. In 2023, human ways violating our border illustrated the utter failure of the 20, 1967 protocol, asylum law. We have a broken system in place. Now right now, Johnson is out there and he's saying, Okay, you wanna talk about sending money to Ukraine, that's fine. We'll talk about it. First of all, we gotta talk about securing the border. We gotta we gotta do something about the immigration process that has to be overhauled. We gotta put something in place besides what we have because it is broken. And he can, you know, he can use a whole host of things. He can call uh he can call the governor of Arizona and ask her what he think what she thinks about that. He can call uh Eric Adams in New York City and see what he thinks. And, just put all of that in front of the president, which I don't know what it's going to do to him. You know, getting putting a whole bunch of data in front of Biden is uh, it's sort of uh, sort of worthless. I don't understand the, the, the need of doing such a thing. But we're going to have to have a very thorough shock of an event run through the the entire planet to where they end. Right now, I mean, according to the Border Patrol, the biggest group coming through the border is the Africans. I wonder how many of them are Islamic. I wonder how many of them are military age and are male. We've got to stop what we're doing on the border, and we have got to start un—you know undoing what has been allowed to happen because otherwise we will submerge as a culture and we'll become a Sharia state, given time. Given time, we'll become a Sharia state, and it won't be about it won't be about this uh, you know replace theory or anything else. It, everything will be replaced, and it'll all be done voluntarily. <laughs> That's the part I don't I don't quite understand. So, um, Congress should uh, undertake a serious effort, and they should, in the interim, if the president knows, doesn't want to go that way, then just say fine. Let's just uh, let's. So much for the Ukraine. See, right now, Israel is not getting aid from us. They're buying equipment from us. We just sold them a hundred thousand tank high high explosive tank rounds. They're buying their stuff. we're not we're not granting them anything. Uh, it's time to go back to these colleges and and look at dumb, dumber, and dumbest just because uh, well, that's what I thought when I was looking at them in the various little clips I've seen out there. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I'm going to tell you something. I did not go to a any sort of a school of higher education and I don't have to go to one to understand certain things. Now, when you got a bunch of yahoos in a college that should be learning a field, they should be studying a subject, they should be becoming a professional in some way, shape, or form, or whatever it is their particular discipline is calling for to get that degree. When they are instead uh, wearing the black and white kefe uh, and rolling around because they think that's really cool and trendy, and screaming from the river to the sea, and they don't know which river they're talking about, um, you have a very dangerous situation on your hands because what you have now is a mob, and mobs can devolve rapidly, such as we saw with BLM and Antifa. Antifa. And when Antifa shows up, they're showing up for combat. So whenever you see, if you see Antifa coming around, if they got little signs saying "We are Antifa," uh, get your brass knuckles out because they're there for combat. BLM—I uh, don't know how much they do that, and I don't even know how much they actually protest anymore. But but they don't. You know, this is—it's the same thing, same thing that we have going on right now. Now you have Claudine Gay, Elizabeth McGill, and Sally Cornbluth, uh, Pennsylvania, and Harvard rank. At the very bottom of FIRE's free speech ranking of 248 universities. A university should be a space where it is, you don't have to worry about your well-being from your fellow students because of some protest. That should be a thing. Uh, But calling for genocide against Jewish people, if not for... to incite a mob to violence, is 100% constitutionally protective speech, only in the sense it can't be punished by the government. But here's the thing. The college leadership is not the government. So while they're out there coddling the brain-dead neo-Nazis in their student body and claiming this is a First Amendment thing, no, it is not. Not where you're at. Colleges have rules and rule uh, codes of conduct, and that's for you to enforce. But what 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 were they hearing? They were hearing uh, Hitler was right and globalize the Intifada and all these other little opinions. And that's all incitement. That isn't, you know, that's not getting out there and saying, well, they're just giving their opinion. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> you can call it what you want, but it's incitement. So, this is the problem that their testimony opens up. They have a long history of discriminatory policy, discriminatory policy that puts their little defenses they put out there to shame. At MIT, Jewish students are blocked from attending class and fearful of setting foot on campus. Jewish employees fear bringing their children to MIT daycare. The law-breaking and rule-defying is explicitly intended as a challenge to the presence of Jews at MIT. MIT openly acknowledged it failed to take action against those harassing Jewish students because it feared it would cause them to lose their student visa status. And that's money. See these students come here on a visa? They're coming with money. So it's all a money thing. So while they're not protecting them, they're not doing anything about it because they're they're afraid they'll lose the visa. Now, Harvard would certainly never tolerate a KKK chapter there. But, you know, and all the things that they would advocate for. But it refused to condemn student groups that blamed the atrocities of October the 7th on Israel and allow the open harassment of Jewish students. At Pennsylvania, two students have brought a civil suit against the university under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act. So, here's the other thing. A very large contributor through state-sponsored NGOs of some of these colleges is Gutter. Gutter gives a lot of money to these colleges. And, uh, Because Gutter makes these payments by way of cutouts, we're not supposed to notice that they do that. But that's also the mailing address of all the leadership of Hamas. And at least one of the three presidents denied receiving money from Gutter. So... (laughs) Some of the people that thought the sea that they were uh, describing was the uh, Caribbean Sea, the Dead Sea, which is actually a lake, and the Atlantic. They thought the river was the Nile and the Euphrates. Uh, A quarter of the students knew who Yasser Arafat was, but 12 of them thought he was the first prime minister of Israel. Asked in what decade the Israelis and the Palestinians had signed the Oslo Accords more than a quarter of the chance supporters claimed that there was no such peace agreement had ever been signed. And listen, there's no shame in not knowing what you're talking about unless you're screaming for the extermination of millions and then maybe you need to have a little bit more to go with that. An art student from a liberal arts college in New England probably supported the slogan because Palestinians and Israelis should live together in one state. But when informed that those two parties rejected the one-state solution, the student lost his enthusiasm. So did 41% of the students in that group. A third of the group claimed the chant calls for Palestine to replace Israel. So, basically, what you have, if they're if they're not professionals, you just got a bunch of useful idiots. Congratulations, America. These people will become credential professionals, and they will run something like, say, be the uh, the marketing director for Bud Light. And we all saw how that worked out when that college college educated diversity hire got in charge of that one, didn't we? So. And the, the, the dumbest thing they did was they seemed to think that they exist in an echo chamber, that they can say whatever they want whenever they want, and that everybody agrees with them just by default. And now they're losing money. Now they're losing donations. Now they're backtracking. We're going to talk about that tank ammo I mentioned earlier that's going to Israel that they bought, they purchased it. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, guess what? Somebody got something right. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. We just sold $100 million worth of 120-millimeter high-explosive tank shells, and they're on their way to Israel. This sale was approved without congressional review this past Saturday night. Now, don't get all excited about that, because this has happened before. This has happened with presidents you have liked and disliked. Although, there is one thing— for the pro-Hamas crowd, this is going to make a lot of people mad at Joe Biden. Because he approved it. I do have, I've got a texter here. I've got a texter here. So, Bill, if these pro-Palestinian students are guilty of inciting to riot, then Trump is certainly guilty of the same on January the 6th. Well, uh, you would have to cite for me where Trump said, go in there and tear everything apart and make sure the FBI is there to help you. Because Trump never said that. Trump said to protest peacefully. And when they started, when they started uh, trying to breach, when they were being uh, led astray, those people that were going inside the inside of Congress, um, Trump was still speaking at the Ellipse. So they'd already covered the 45-minute walk to get there. So uh, yeah. So anyway. Back to these uh, tank rounds. Now, for everybody that gets out there and says, "Oh well, if we're doing this, are we going to do this? With are we going to send any more to uh, to Ukraine?" Well, Ukraine isn't buying anything from us. If they bought it, we'd sell it. So when uh, and we sell weapons to a great many countries on a regular basis. It's not a new thing. Right now, Joe Biden wants his 106 billion dollar bucket, and he wants to give uh, about 60 billion of that to the uh, Ukrainians. For what I have no idea. It's not going to change the course of the of, of, of the war because this is a war. Although they're doing, they have really done well. They have gone longer than I thought they would. They have, militarily, it's been quite interesting to watch, from a, from a tactics and stat, uh, you know strategy standpoint. They've come up with some really good ideas, some really creative ideas. But in the end, they haven't faced everything Russia has. And Russia just keeps getting more and more people conscripting, conscripting. So um, the other day, Antony Blinken, the uh, Secretary of State, he got it right when he said there was an emergency that existed in, in uh, Israel. And uh, this was, uh, it was approved and they sold it. But this is not a question of foreign aid, so don't get too excited by this when you see this. Now, there's going to be some people out there that are going to say something about, well, why aren't we giving stuff to Ukraine then? Well, we're not giving anything to, we're not giving anything to Israel. They spent $100 million. About 140,000 rounds of tank ammunition. They've been buying stuff from us for decades. Now, the only, the only issue I have with it is we sold them this, and we need to be replenishing a whole lot of this. We, we already have very low stockpiles, thanks to Ukraine. The, the thing is, in Ukraine, they don't need tank rounds because right now they're not fighting tanks with other tanks. They're fighting tanks with uh, man portable missiles and drones. And they're winning. I know that there's a lot of people that would get understandably leery if the White House gets out there and declares an emergency to seize authoritarian power and outflank the normal congressional oversight. But in this case, it's not all that bad. So... I mean, we, uh, let's see, Trump allowed weapon sales to Saudi Arabia, and it was uh, pushed through by order of Mike Pompeo, as an example. But this shouldn't cause nearly as much concern, or at least I don't think so. But Israel is a staunch ally and a regular customer of ours. So as to the national security angle, that part is a bit more tenuous. And this won't change anything. It won't be a make-or-break situation in the war within Gaza. What? But I'm, I'm looking for the political fallout now because uh, Joe Biden has ostracized the Islamists. And uh, back home here, the left is almost certainly going to see this emergency arms sale as a case for amplifying the war rather than reining it in. So we'll just have to see how this plays out. I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how it plays out. It's always one of those things uh, where you sit back and you say, hmm. I wonder if they thought that one through on those unintended consequences. Going back to the U.N. and the climate stuff, uh, right now the U.N. and the climate people, they want your government to answer to them and not to you. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right, I'll be right back.